Well, I want to thank you all for being here today. Like I say, we are kind of short on numbers today, but you know, God brought here who's supposed to be here. So, uh, but I do want to keep several people in prayer that I do know some things are wrong with that uh, been in conversation with. <clears throat> Y'all keep Lisa Hernandez in your prayers. They had found two little spots. She'd been fighting cancer and doing good, but they found two little spots uh, on her brain that had uh, moved to the brain. But they are very, very small, and they are going to uh, pinpoint this with radiation. And she should be starting this at any time. Julio, he has a stomach infection. They didn't know what was wrong, but... Uh, He's on antibiotics, and they're taking care of that. That's Lisa's husband. And uh, so uh, them and uh, got a call uh, from Peggy and Jim Pickle, or, or Peggy Pickle back there, and she has got a real severe uh, sinus infection and allergies, so they're not here. Uh, April Ward. She's not here this morning. Real bad allergies and sinus infection also. So this weather change has affected a lot of people. And uh, so y'all keep, just keep the whole church in prayer. And uh, that God will get them back in here because I know there's a number of them. Uh, uh, Betty Luna, I talked to her. She's still fighting everything. But she says, Bill, don't give up on me. I will be back. And so y'all keep Betty in prayer. And uh, so there's just a number of things going on here today. This COVID has kind of put a kink in a lot of different stuff. So God's still in charge, and he's going to take care of everything. Uh, you know, I, I got to thinking, when Roy was singing that song, One Pair of Hands, can, you, can we really comprehend what Christ did on that cross. What he's done when he walked this earth. Can we comprehend his love, his mercy, and all of his forgiveness? Matter of fact, I bring up that forgiveness because that's what my message is this morning. Forgiveness. Unforgiveness. You know, uh, I entitled my message, Our Forgiveness of others hampers Satan's work in our life. Do you realize that when you have unforgiveness in your heart, you're giving Satan something to work with? But when we get rid of that unforgiveness, that takes away one of his tools. There's things that he cannot do when we get rid of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is probably one of the worst things we can do because if you think about something, most of the time your unforgiveness affects you more than it does the person you're mad at. They don't even know you're mad at them, probably. But your unforgiveness, every time you see that person or you hear that person's name, something just rises up in you and an anger flares up. That's Satan. Most of the time Satan calls unforgiveness in your life because of something that happened that, and a lot of times the person that, that you're mad at don't even know why you're mad. They don't even know you're mad at them. But see, this is how Satan works. 
He works in a way that uh, hurts us more so than the other person that you're mad at. You know, you say, well, why is unforgiveness? I mean, if I'm mad at somebody, what what does that hurt? It's it's not hurting nobody but, but me, no. It's hurting others around you because of what unforgiveness does to you. It makes you mean. It makes you honorary. It makes you hard to get along with. And I think, and Matthew also reminds us of the high price that we'll pay for unforgiveness. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15, most of us don't even want to think about this. Most of us want to overlook it. Well, I'm mad at this person, I hadn't, and I haven't forgiven them yet. Well, what if something happens in your life before you do forgive them? What does the Bible say is going to happen? Let's, let's read it and see what Jesus says. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15, <clears throat> For if you forgive men their trespasses or their sins against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Oh, wait a minute. Now let's look at this other one. But if you forgive not men their sins or their trespasses against you, neither will your Father forgive you. We don't even like to think about that, do we? Well, I want to be mad. That's your choice. You can be mad or you can forgive. When you forgive, things happen in your life. God's blessings are then able to fall upon you. Here in 2 Corinthians 2.11, I'm going to have to kind of explain this a little bit, but it says, it says, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his words. What he is saying there, we must forgive in order to keep Satan from getting advantage over us. As long as we hold that unforgiveness in us, like I said, that gives Satan a tool to work with, to come against you, to cause you pain, to cause you misery, and to take your blessings that God wants to give you. God wants to bless you. But with unforgiveness in our heart, it simply is saying, as long as you have unforgiveness in your heart, I can't forgive you, therefore if I can't forgive you, then I can't bless you. And we don't look at it like that, but that's exactly is what it's saying. You know, God said over in the book of Malachi, He says that He will open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on us that we cannot contain, that we cannot hold. We'll have so many blessings that God wants to give us, we have no room to put them all. Now wouldn't that be something terrible to have to work with? So many blessings you didn't have room to form. And that's what God wants to do. And on top of that, God has the ability and He is capable of doing that. And He will do it. He's already said in His Word, I will open the windows of heaven. I will pour out blessings on you that you cannot contain. So He has already said, I will do this if you will do what I tell you to do. See, our obedience to God brings in blessings, it brings in miracles. When we do what God says and God says that I'll do what I say I'll do. 
And we don't look at it like that many times. We forget that, wait a minute, I've got to do this in order for God to do what He said He'd do. We have to stop and, and, and realize that God loves each one of you. He loves each one of us. But yet, just as you love your children, when your children disobey you, when they are not obedient to you, what do you have to do? You have to correct them, don't you? Or you should. Maybe that's what's wrong in the world today. So many kids haven't been corrected. Done what they want to do, how they want to do it. No, God says, do not, you know, he, he says, use that rod, don't spoil that child. When, when, when discipline takes, needs to be done, it needs to be done. You're not helping a child by letting them get away with stuff and what they want to do. No, they have to learn there are rules. And I must follow these rules just like everybody else. And when they learn to follow the rules, their whole life changes. Blessings come upon them. They, became a, they become a different person. You know, there was a man that I knew, and me and him was talking here. Well, oh, it's been a little while back. But he said, you remember my son and all the trouble that he was in? And I said, well, yes, I do. He was saying, when I started disciplining him like I should have done to start out with, he said, his whole life changed. His attitude changed. He saw, I tried to, I tried to explain to him, just like you said, if you have to discipline, tell him why you are disciplining him. Don't just go and give them a spanking and don't say why. They probably know, but you need to explain to them why you are doing what you're doing because you love them. And they can't keep doing what they're doing. So when we have unforgiveness in our life, that's kind of, when we, in our life, that's kind of what God has to do to us. He has to discipline us in order to change our attitude. To make us see things like, wait a minute. You know what, what, what that guy down there, it really wasn't all that bad. I mean, I don't know why I'm holding a grudge like I am. It didn't really affect me. But at the time it happened, you don't realize that Satan was already there making things worse than what they seemed to be. He was already in the thought of making you angry so that you would have unconfessed sin in your life. Or, or unforgiveness. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it's, it, it says we must forgive in order that Satan might not outwit us. Satan is not a dummy. Satan has plans to deceive you, to lie to you, and that's all he's going to do. Anytime Satan speaks, it's a lie. That's what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us that Satan is the father of all lies and the truth is not in him. He cannot speak the truth. And everything he speaks is contrary to what God says. He's going to change it around a little bit, but he is not going to say what God says. He's going to change it up. And we have to realize this. Well, how do I realize this? First of all, you're going to have to get into your Bible. You have to study your Bible. And you're going to have to know what God is saying before you know whether, whether Satan is telling you a lie or not. 
Satan can sound so convincing. <clears throat> Do y'all remember whenever uh, Satan was tempting Jesus in the desert? He came against Jesus three different times. And all three of them are lies. But it, it sounded good. You know, first time he came against, against Jesus, he said, he was trying to make Jesus doubt or try to put doubt there. He says, if you be the Son of God, then turn these stones into bread. See, Jesus had been fasting 40 days and 40 nights. He hadn't eaten a bite. So Satan said, oh, this guy ought to be hungry. I'll tempt him with food. I know several of us in here, we can be tempted real easy with food, can't we, Tommy? You know, and it's just, that, that's how Satan works. He, he came against him. But what did Jesus do? He came right back at Satan with the Word of God. For men shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He said, you obey God, you obey what God says, and then God will take care of the rest of it. You know, we go through a lot of things life. Well, if we would go to God in prayer, God would take care of it for us. But too many of us won't take care of it ourselves. When we have unforgiveness in our heart, most of the time, you need the Holy Spirit to speak to you. You need the Holy Spirit to say, hey, wait a minute. Now, Bill, you're wrong. You shouldn't have that kind of unforgiveness in your heart. That person did not do all that you was told they did. Sometimes we take somebody else's word that this person said so and so and we don't even know if they did it or not. But yet, oh, you're mad at them. You won't talk to them. You don't even want to be around them. When that pain or that unforgiveness comes up in your heart, first thing we need to do is go to God with it. Lord, I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand why I'm feeling like this. This is what I was told. Is this what happened? Lord, take away this unforgiveness. Take it away from me, Lord. I don't want it. How many of us do that? Or how many of us just stay mad and pout and feel sorry for ourselves and how bad we've been treated instead of taking care of it? You know, uh, Many times, Satan slips into our life unaware. He slips in unaware. It's kind of like, uh, well, just, just take uh, maybe one of the armed forces. Say they're out somewhere camping. Say there's an enemy there. They slip in behind the, the, uh, our forces and get into their camp without being seen, without being noticed. He comes in there and he's ready to attack them because they don't know he's there. Many times that's what Satan does for us. He slips in unaware. And then when the moment arises, the chance comes up for him, he takes it. And he attacks us. And we're not even aware of who it was, what happened, or anything like that. See, this has happened to many Christians today. Satan has come in unaware. I'm not just talking about at your house. I'm talking about at the church. You'd be surprised how many churches have problems in them because of unforgiveness. Well, somebody said so-and-so about somebody here. I heard they said that about... 
See, that is the enemy coming against. Satan would love to destroy the church. He'll bring stuff into the church that's not even there. He brought it in. And we have to be aware of when Satan is coming in and when he's trying to kick up trouble and he's trying to start things. You know, Satan slips in every little time, every little opportunity he gets. Our unforgiveness has allowed Satan to come in and set up a camp in your heart. He's come into your life unaware that you don't even know when it happened. One little mistake. One thing happened. You make a mistake, you just let it go. You didn't repent. You didn't ask God, God, this happened. Can please forgive me. Put your blessings up on me. But we never ask God to bless us, to forgive us. We just go on. See, David made that mistake. Remember whenever he sinned with Bathsheba? He went for almost a year before he asked God to forgive him. He thought he got by with something. We do not get by with sin. Matter of fact, the Bible says, for your sin shall find you out. God knows what we do. He knows everything we do. He knows when we sin. He has told us that if we will come before Jesus and confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He sent His Son to this earth to die and suffer so that our sins could be forgiven. That's why He came. He said He didn't come to destroy the world, but He came to save the world. That's why He came. That's why He died, is to save us, not condemn us. Matter of fact, I said, and that's what He said. He said, For Christ did not come into the world to condemn the world, which we are the world. We are called the world, the people. He did not come in to condemn the world or the people, but to save them. That's His love for us, to save us, to go through what He went through, to save us, to give us eternal life. But when we hold that unforgiveness in our heart, we're we're hurting ourselves. We're hurting ourselves. When we have this in our hearts, then Satan attacks us when we least expect it. I know some of you are probably saying, okay, how does he attack you? How many of you will get angry over the least little thing? Something come up, it's not that serious, but you get boiling mad over the least little thing. That's Satan attacking you. We criticize something or someone very quickly. Before we even know what it is. Well, did you see what they did? Well, man, if I did that, my dad would have busted me all over this place. We start criticizing them. We don't even know anything about what they did, really, or why they did it. But we're criticizing them. That's Satan. Hey, did you see what they did? Man, that's terrible, isn't it? You ever felt like that? We avoid certain people. How many of you avoid certain people? 
We all do. And we shouldn't. If there's somebody in your life that you're angry at, why don't you just go talk to them? They probably don't even know you're angry or why you're angry. And chances are if you sit down and talk, you're going to find out it wasn't anything like what you thought it was. Well, Bill, how do you know? Because I did it. I got angry over something I had heard. And I, I carried it around for a while. But finally, I got it and I said, this isn't right. I said, I don't even know for sure if that person said it or not. I don't know if that person did it or not. I called him on the phone. I said, could I meet with you and talk with you? Oh, yeah. We sat down and we talked. What I was told was a complete lie. They didn't do any of that. Now see, I could have went on unforgiving this man, holding things against him for something that never happened. How many of us are holding something against somebody that you don't know for sure if happened or not? We need to go before the person and just talk to them. And then if, if, if you can't straighten things out, just say, well... Glad we talked, but what I want to tell you is this. What happened is in the past. I don't know about you, and I don't know how your feelings are toward me, but I am making it a point today to forgive you for what I feel. I'm not going to be sitting here holding it in. I want you to know that I forgive. Whether they do or not, that's their business. But what you do is your business. That's between you and God. I forgive them. You're going to be surprised at the peace and tranquility that comes over you. Because Satan don't have that weapon against you anymore. He don't have that weapon. Every time you saw that person or saw them out somewhere or heard their name, you got angry. You got mad. And come to find out, it didn't even happen. We're, we're hurting ourselves with unforgiveness in our heart. You know, we say harsh and unkind things about somebody. We've all done it. We've all done it. Some of us are consumed by bitterness. We can't get over it. Oh, if you just knew what they did. if you just knew what they did. Well, I'm just wondering, what would it have been like for us if Jesus says, you know, I'm not going to go to that cross because you just don't know what they did. We all had a debt that we could not pay. And he paid the debt that he did not owe because of his love and his forgiveness. Because of his forgiveness, which should be in ours. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, let this mind of Christ be in you. It says we should think like Jesus, talk like Jesus, act like Jesus, do what Jesus did when he walked this earth. How many of us do that? I'll tell you what, when we 
get more like Jesus, you're going to have a much better and a much happier life. There's going to be unforgiveness in your life. I'm sorry for that. Be forgiveness and get rid of unforgiveness if we'll just act and be like Jesus. Have you ever got to that point that you know something is wrong in your life, but you just can't put your finger on it? You know there's something going on, but you just can't put your finger on it. And as I was reading the deal, they come across a little deal, and I want to share this with you because this is just like it is. It says, when you have something wrong and you can't put your finger on it, it's like having a low-grade fever where you feel bad, but you're not sick enough to go to the doctor. You're miserable, but because you can still function, you just shrug it off as having a bad day. And that's what many of us do. We have some unforgiveness in us, but you don't think it's so bad enough that you have to go and apologize or to confront this person. You say, well, it's probably, I'm just probably having a bad day today. I'll get over what's going on. Well, sometimes you need to go to that doctor. You need to get a shot. Something that will cure unforgiveness in your heart. Really, the only thing that's going to cure unforgiveness in your heart is the love of Christ in your heart. You know, there is not room enough in your heart for unforgiveness and for the love of Christ at the same time. There's not enough room. Just put Christ in your heart and get rid of the unforgiveness. You're going to see your life turn around. You're going to be a happier person. You know, and until we deal with the bitterness, bitterness in our life, we're going to continue to be miserable. As long as you've got unforgiveness and bitterness in your life, you're always going to be angry about something. You're going to be angry at your spouse. They say something. Bam! Why did you say that to me? I didn't need to hear that. Because you're, you're bitter. Because of something that, that somebody said that they, somebody else said. You can't get rid of that unforgiveness until we get rid of unforgiveness. It's hard for us to, to love each other. It really is. It's hard for us to love each other. Because a lot of times we're thinking, well, I just wonder what they're up to. They're sure being nice to me today. That cross your mind? Instead of them just loving you and caring about you, and that's what a church needs to do. They need to love you, to care about you, be concerned for you. You know, it's hard for me to explain it how I feel about y'all. I, 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 I don't even know where to start, but my love for you is a strong love. That I want everything in your life to be good. I want you to have blessings. I want God's blessings poured out on you. I want to see you happy. I want to see you rejoicing. I want to see you in the church building. I want to see you happy. I want to see the congregation coming together and having a good time in worship of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I don't want to see bitterness. I don't want to see hurt, animosity out there where somebody is looking at them. Oh, look at them. I know they're pretending. They couldn't love Jesus that much. And a lot of people won't worship like that because they say, well, people will think I'm a phony. I don't care what people think. If I love Jesus, I'm going to tell Jesus, I love you. 
we need to get to that point that Jesus is first. You know, you say, well, what about my spouse? I'll tell you what, when you love Jesus first, you're going to love your spouse even more. He's going to put love in your heart that you don't even understand. I'm glad my wife loves the Lord more than she loves me. Because that falls back on me. She's loving me because she loves the Lord. The more you love Jesus, the more you're going to love those around you. You can't help but love more. You'll get rid of that unforgiveness in your heart because you want to please Jesus and you say, hey, I don't want to go through life like this. I don't want it to be to that point where God won't forgive me. We just read that a while ago that if we don't forgive others, then God won't forgive us. No, God is telling us how it is and what we must do. You know, <coughs> excuse me, but until we deal with the bitterness in our life, we're going to, like I said, we're going to continue to be a miserable person and most people will choose not to be around you. How many of you want to be around a very miserable person that just brings you down all the time? You don't. You'll avoid that person. Well, they're always so miserable. They're always so negative. I don't even want to be around them. See, that's the way it is. When we have that unforgiveness in our heart, we, became, we become a negative person. And nobody really wants to be around you because you're not making them happy. You're drawing them down. They don't want to be drawn down. I've got enough problems in my life without you bringing me down any further. No, they want to see people with joy in their life. That's who they want to be around. You know, I don't know. Maybe you're sitting in here today. Maybe you can kind of look back and remember some bitterness, some anger, some unresolved problems that you need to deal with today to get rid of some bitterness out of your life. I bet every one of us could look back and say, you know, I've got this little issue here with so-and-so, and I've got... Boy, I need to deal with this. It's been on my mind, on my mind. i got to get rid of it in order for me to please God and to be that person God wants me to be. Because I remember reading somewhere in His Word said that if, yeah, if I can't forgive, then He can't forgive me. I want His love. I want His forgiveness. And we have to Forgive in order to be forgiven. You know, we need to deal with some of the issues going in our life so we can get Satan out of our camp. Satan has set up camp in your life until you deal with, with, with <coughs> excuse me, about to sneeze. But until we deal with the unforgiveness in our life, Satan's there. You're giving, you give him tools to work with. You know, but on the other hand, think about something. Forgiveness is God's medicine for a hardened heart. When you can forgive and truly forgive, God is doing a healing work on your heart. He's doing a healing work on your heart. Forgiveness will heal the deepest wounds. Forgiveness can repair or restore what Satan has stole from you. Satan wants to steal all your happiness, all your joy. Matter of fact, in the, in, 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 in the book of John, John 10, 10, it says, For Satan comes but to, but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's why he came to earth. To kill, 
to steal and to destroy God's creation. Well, then Jesus chimes in right behind him and says, Yes, but I have come to give you life and to give it to you in an abundance. Which do you want? You've got two choices. First one is Satan destroying you, all your hope, your love. Or the second one, Jesus says, but I have come that you may have life and have it in an abundance. Do you want an abundant blessing life? He's giving you a choice there. He's giving you a free will. You make your choice of what you want. I don't know about y'all, but I want that blessed and abundance in my life. That's what I'm choosing. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. He's going to be there. He's going to be in our house. Forgiveness will open God's door of blessings to you. When you forgive, then God can bless you. When you forgive and truly forgive, God, like I said a while ago, He can open up the windows of heaven and He can pour blessings out on you that you cannot contain. Many people say, well, I have never seen that. Well, maybe you haven't done what God said yet. We need to get into God's Word and be obedient to what His Word says. Get rid of all unforgiveness, be obedient, and then I can do these things. Over in the book of Deuteronomy, he told the Israelites, this day I set heaven before you. Choose life or choose death. So you've got a choice. You can choose life or you can choose death. And he's saying the same thing to us today. Today, I have set before you blessings and I have set before you death and I have set before you life. Which do you want? Which are you going to choose? Are you going to choose life and his blessings? Or are you going to choose death? Many say, and I said this a while ago, I just can't forgive them. You don't know how they hurt me. No, I don't. But God does. And he can give you strength to forgive. You know, and I got to thinking, just like I said a while ago, what if God treated us like we treat others? You ever thought about that? What if God treated us and acted toward us like we do others? We'd be in hell already, wouldn't we? What if God didn't forgive you and what if he kept a record of our sins instead of forgiving when we asked? You know, God says he's got a record of our sins. But when we come to him and we repent of those sins, we ask him to forgive us, what does he do? Tears that page out of the book, rips it up and says, your sins are gone and I'll never remember them anymore against you. But as long as we hold on to that unforgiveness, as long as we hold on to not confessing our sins, that page remains in the book. It's your choice is where God rips that page out of the book and tears it up, 
or whether it remains in the book until Judgment Day. We've got a lot of choices. We've got a lot of choices. And really, one choice is all it takes is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. If your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that's it. That's your choice. That's the choice you need to make. If it's not written, I'm going to tell you right now, today, God still got the book in his lap, he still got the pen in his hand, and he's still putting names in that book. If your name is not written in that Lamb's Book of Life, he's ready to write your name in there today. I, you know, we say, well, I don't know how much more I can take. How many of you ever said that? I just don't know how much more I can take. What are you going to do? Well, that's when we need to go and just as far as Jesus went for us. Go to that part that Jesus went for us. I'm ready to give everything for forgiveness. He was ready to give it all, and he did. We have been forgiven for so much at such a great cost. So why can't we forgive those who have disappointed us? You know, because we... Just look, you think anybody in here, do you think you've disappointed God? I know I have. But when I came to him and asked for his forgiveness, he forgave me. He forgave me. Maybe it's time for us to say good riddance to unforgiveness in our life, to say goodbye to anger, bitterness, blaming others, and a critical spirit, and ask God to give us a fresh start. A new refilling of that Holy Spirit. You know, look at Jesus. When he went to the cross, he died for our sins. The Son of God dying on that cross for our sins of an ungrateful people such as us, what did he do? He cried out to God, forgive them. In Luke 23, 34, he says, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. As he was suffering and dying on that cross, he asked God to forgive us for what we did to him. We need to forgive, just like Jesus forgave. We need to forgive. You know, it is said, and I I loved what this said, but it is so true. It has been said, To not forgive is like you drinking rat poison and waiting for the rat to die. Like you drinking the poison, waiting for the rat to die. That's what unforgiveness is. No, you need to confront the person that you're having problems with in your life and get it straightened out. As long as you sit there and just suffer through it, unforgiveness in your heart, feeling miserable, not enjoying life, always, just always miserable person because of unforgiveness. 
That's what he's talking about. That's like you sitting there drinking the rat poison, waiting for that rat to die, or you're waiting for that person that you have unforgiveness against to come to you. And maybe they may, may not even know that you're angry with them. You know, many say, well, these people that I, have not for, that I have not forgiven, they don't deserve mercy. Well, let me ask you something. If they deserved mercy, then it wouldn't be mercy, would it? How many of us did Jesus just show us his mercy for? We didn't deserve it. But he showed us his mercy because he loved us. Sometimes we have to show mercy even though, no, they don't deserve it. But we didn't deserve it either. But God shed his mercy on us. That's what we have to do. Matter of fact, Jesus said in Matthew 5, 7, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are those who show mercy, for they shall obtain my mercy. I will give my mercy to them. Maybe we need to pray today. Maybe our prayer to God should be, Lord, set us free from all our anger, our unforgiveness, so that your love might flow from us into a hurting world. Teach us to forgive as we have been forgiven. Wouldn't that be a good world to love others as God loved us, to forgive others as God forgave us, to be a light to a hurting world? And believe me, this world right now is hurting. All the stuff that's going on, so full of anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, you know, God tells us to show mercy, to love one another as he loved us. So today, my message, get rid of unforgiveness in your heart so God can bless your life, so God can do miracles and wonders in your life, so that God can bless you. As long as we have unforgiveness, he will not bless us. I'm going to ask the band to come up. If you're here today and you've got that unforgiveness in your heart, that, that, that you're angry at a person and you just... Maybe sometimes you're angry at a person you don't even remember why you're angry at them. It's been so long. But you need to get rid of that anger. You need to get rid of that unforgiveness. I'm going to ask you, if you're here today and you've got unforgiveness and anger and bitterness in your heart, we have an altar up here if you'd like to come up here and just kneel before God. Say, Lord, I've got some unforgiveness in my heart and I need you to take it away. I'm confessing that unforgiveness to you right now, asking you. Because, Lord, I can't do it by myself. God knows we can't do it by ourselves. That's why he sent Jesus Christ. 
That's why he sent the Holy Spirit to fill us. God will help you forgive. Because he, he had to forgive. You know, just like Jesus, Father, forgive them. Forgive them, Father, for what they've done to me. Forgive them for their hate. Forgive them for their lack of love. Forgive them, Lord, for disobedience. Forgive them, Lord, for everything that they have done against you and me. Let them start over. Let's forgive their sins. Let them start over. Maybe that's what a lot of us need to do, is start over. Start over. I was looking at something, you know, and I, I kind of liked it, but it says, have you ever heard that saying, can I get a do-over? God wants to give you a do-over today. Let you start over. Let's do it over. Let's get it right this time. If you're here today and you need prayer, I'm going to be down front. I'll be glad to pray with you and anoint you with oil. If you feel like, Lord, I just need to come before you and ask you to help me with some unforgiveness in my heart because I can't do it myself. That's what God's waiting for. He knows you can't do it. But he says, I can. I can. I like that song. I know a man who can. God can, and he will. So if you're here today and you need to come before the Lord, just ask for your forgiveness, I ask you to come. I'll ask the band to play.